Welcome into Smooth Operators with your hosts, Noah, Griggs, and Ben, going through the world of Formula One. If you want to interact with the show today, you can tweet at us at Noah underscore Phillips, at Junior underscore McClurkin, and at the Griggs B. It's time for the green flag, and it's lights out, and away we go. Hello and welcome into the 11th episode of Summer Shenanigans right here on WEGL 91.1 FM. This is Smooth Operators. My name is, of course, Noah Phillips, the man that's also on this podcast by the name of Griggs Blankenberg. He's had a great day today. Griggs, tell them how great of a day you've had today. We're having a great day today. We got to watch some Formula One action. We get to talk about some Formula One action. And I had a hamburger for dinner. It's going great. What kind of hamburger? We're we talking Taubman's? Cheese? cheese? We're talking a cheeseburger with some bacon and jalapenos that I've cut. So You cut? Yeah, fresh from so the garden, baby. Man, this man is out here doing stuff. I, I had a bag of Skittles for dinner today. That um, sounds good, too. Griggs, what is the first topic of conversation that we're going to be talking about here today on Smooth Operators? Well, of course, no. The first topic we're talking about today is, of course, we had a race day today. So that means it's a race recap. And that was the Hungarian Grand Prix where, stop me if I said this before, Noah, but Max Verstappen won the race today. His seventh in a row, the historic 12th win in a row for Red Bull, breaking McLaren's record that has stood for over 20 years. Red Bull has now won 12 races in a row. They've won all 11 races this year, along with Abu Dhabi 2021 of last year. The podium so far, we'll talk about after this. Max Verstappen in P1, 26 points. He gets the fastest lap. Red Bull gets the fastest pit stop for Sergio Perez. And finishing P2 for the second consecutive race is Lando Norris, the number four McLaren, 18 points. And rounding off the podium after a great bounce back performance for him after a past couple races, it is Sergio Perez back on the podium scoring 15 points for Red Bull. And he was also your driver of the day. Too bad those driver of the days do not get points. But there was a little little bit of green lights there for the uh, guys who root for the underdogs. Uh, Verstappen was not on pole going into this uh, race. He was not. Hamilton was on pole. He got passed in uh, lap one. And Verstappen went on to cruise on to victory. So very interested to see if that increased the viewership any with Verstappen not starting in P1. And it was a good race, I thought, from the start. I mean, you had the action at the first corner. You had the switching of the cars. You had Oscar Piastri in P2, Lando Norris P3. Hamilton drops all the way to four off the start. Um, let's go ahead and read through the rest of the point-getters real quick before we get more into this. Lewis Hamilton, the Mercedes, finishing fourth, 12 points for him. Oscar Piastri of McLaren getting 10 points for fifth. George Russell scoring eight points for six. Charles Leclerc for Ferrari, finishing seventh, scoring six points. Carlos Sainz for Ferrari, finishing eighth, scoring four points. Fernando Alonso of Aston Martin finishes ninth, gets two points. And rounding out the point getters is Lance Stroll with one point for Aston Martin. We had two DNFs for today. Or actually three DNFs, really. Two did barely race at all. Esteban Alcon, Pierre Gasly, and Logan Sargent, who... Got to near the end of the race, but ended up not finishing the race altogether. But Max Verstappen, a winning margin of 33.731 seconds. He's in a hole. He's racing in a league of his own. Yeah. Um, and he's going to continue to do so probably 
uh, throughout this next race in Spa. He'll probably race with himself in iRacing over the summer break, and then he'll continue to race by himself uh, for the rest of the season. But like you said, a fantastic start to the race. Um, I know my boys in 7th and 8th had a little bit of trouble with their pit stops. Uh, mainly 7. Mainly 7. Um, but, I mean, it, affect, it affects the morale of the whole team. You know, not having a second wheel gun there to back them up just really, really hurt our morale. And that's why we and didn't then, finish up higher. And, and then speeding in the pit lane right there, you could see they thought he locked up his tires. He was just trying to brake so quickly because he was going too fast before he crossed that white line. Gets the five-second penalty. Doesn't really matter because George Russell, I think, almost passed him anyway. But nevertheless, a good race. And Lando Norris back on the podium again. We talked about this last show, just how dominant these McLaren upgrades have been. Norris in the last three races, P4, P2, and P2 back-to-back. And that illustrious win that he's been trying to chase, can he finally get it? We'll have to see in Spa, but another good race for him. Also, no, did you see what happened at after the race? With uh, Lando Norris. Lando smashing the champagne down and breaking uh, Verstappen's trophy is one of many, so I don't get why everybody's getting so hung up about it. It's not like he broke every well, single one. Well, here's the thing. So, Lando's, if you're new to F1 or don't really know, because Lando Norris is head and head. Uh, and technically, he's at a podium each of the last three years, so technically it has happened. But when Lando wins or gets on a podium, he spikes the champagne down. It, the cork pops right off, and he sprays it like everyone else does. However, this time, he hit it down on the P1 podium spot, breaks the statue, breaks the trophy that Max Verstappen gets. Now, no, I understand why you're saying this is just any other trophy. However, I looked into this one. This trophy takes over four months to build because it, uh, it is porcelain. Or, I don't know, it, it might be like... It look like looks like terracotta almost. It's so, one of those fancy things. Yeah, how so it's not like one of those like Silverstone Grand Prix trophies that just look like a spike. They're gonna have to They're gonna have to get out the gorilla glue glue on this one, Noah. It's not gonna be It's gonna be a little bit more difficult. Well, I think it's better if you have it uh sitting there crashed in like your uh in your trophy case because then it's like something special. It's like the uh mm. Lombardi that Gronk bunted with. There's a story behind that. So I think they should and, just yeah, leave he, it as it is. And he won it last year too, so he has a intact trophy as well. So he there's does. that. Plus the uh manufacturer got one. So if all else fails they can hand them that because it's not like Red Bull has a uh decrease in trophies over there for their manufacturer. True, true, true. Sorry about that. Um, but yeah, and then just at the start, we talked about a Lewis Hamilton just Max Verstappen just got that important inside line, which is so important to get at the Hungarian Grand Prix. It just ruined really the rest of his day, his race pace. He dropped down to P4. He really stayed there almost the entire race. Never really was a threat to anyone trying to pass or anything like that. Um, except for when Oscar and uh, Sergio Perez kind of got up near there because he started ninth today, gets third. But just looking more down on this list, Alex, Alex Albon almost getting away with that. He almost got a point. He was a little bit <clears throat> further back than what I was thinking. He was 14 seconds back. But then again, just 
he was running a pretty race. That Williams just for him has been for him at least has been consistent. Not as much Logan Sargent. <clears throat> and then tough day for Alfa Romeo. They starting fifth and seventh all in the race. End up neither of them getting points. Valerie Bottas finishing twelfth and Joe Guan Yu finishing sixteenth. A tough race for them after a great qualifying. And then how about Daniel Ricardo? He starts thirteenth, gets in a little bit of a conundrum at the start of the race. Gets all the way back up to P13. Great first race for him back there. He outperforms Yuki Sonoda in both the qualifying and the race again. So, Well, I think F1 was this close to getting what they really wanted. I think they would have hijacked the votes if Daniel Ricciardo finished inside the top ten. They would have given him driver of the day so they could have something to talk about with their media. Um but we're talking about it anyway, so it's okay. We're talking. We're we're giving the man his flowers, as they say in re- wrestling. Um, I think honestly, Spa might be the one he does it at. Uh, Alpha yes. Romeo. Mm-hmm. I think Alpha Romeo has a fast enough car to be near the. You uh, mean Alphatari? Yeah, Alphatari. Good, good God, Alphatari has a uh, fast enough car to be near the top ten, like they sort of were here in Hungary, and I think they could easily advance a spot maybe get lucky with somebody dnfing and take a point there in spa and give them give uh the uh story around lighters a uh, great something to write about for the rest of the season but no remember we talked about this the script writers are on strike so that is correct but are they the same though we got to look into this who where does these sports uh people get their writers from because if they get it from like Hollywood, yeah, those people are on strikes and nobody wants to be a scab. But they may be getting their writers from Europe. They may be getting their Charles Dickens, um, other European writers. I, I'm not very much of a reader. Dante. They may be getting their writers like that because they might not be from the same Hollywood contingent. Shakespeare. Shakespeare is another one. Yeah, what, that was what, good, but. What do you think Shakespeare would say if he, like, woke up and, like, saw a Formula One race? What do you think he'd be thinking in his head? Some metaphor rhyme that I don't really know about. Some like that. Yeah, it'd be one of those things. (laughs) But, yeah, let's move on to our next topic of discussion. It's kind of the same thing, though. We're talking about Alpine's anguish. So, Alpine... Contrary to the Griggs curse, didn't Griggs didn't really talk about them last week. Sorry, talking about myself in the third person. But yeah, off the line, they're both DNF. Their second double DNF in a row. They DNF'd at Silverstone and now they DNF'd after only the first lap at Hungary. And now looking quick taking a quick look at our constructor standings, they are in sixth. McLaren has whizzed past them now. Uh, they're hot now on Ferrari's tail, 80 points back. Don't worry, no, they're probably not going to catch up there for at least another three or four races. Well, I but after a, a pro- I have a summer break, to th- I have a summer break to think about that. So, mm, yeah, that's true. But Alpine, I mean, they're kind of safe right now. I don't think Williams or Haas or Alfa Romeo or Alvatari are going to catch fire anytime soon. But Alpine just started off decently and then just kind of just come came back to earth a little bit now. What do you think really is going on with that? Well, I think some of that's they haven't really made a lot of upgrades. We've seen the McLarens and even Red Bull, I think, had a upgrade this week, some with their wing. Um, they haven't really made a lot 
uh, upgrades, and they've had some decent qualifyings. We said Ocon, he qualified 10th, right, this past Hungarian Grand Prix. They just haven't been very lucky. They need to get some upgrades in. They need to just be a smidge more lucky. I don't know if that's carrying around a rabbit's foot or what that entails for the Alpine team, but they just have to find something to change their luck a little bit and get off the DNF trail because this is the third race in a week. If you carry that into the if you carry that morale into the summer break, well already nothing already gets done during the summer break anyway, but people are gonna not gonna be eaten as well. They're gonna have a bad taste in their mouth going into the summer break. I do have a quote yeah. here from Ocon at the end of this race. Uh, we must move on quickly with the aim of heading into the summer break on a good note that me and Ocon are on the same wavelength. You have to have good morale going into that. Yeah, me and Ocon are always on the same wavelength. You know this better than anyone. Me and Ocon, we know what the people want. Y'all are basically we know how the same person. We're basically, we're like this. We, we, French, baguette, all that stuff. Hey, we, we got 100 um, downloads in, in France. Now. Yes. Shout out, France. Um, I don't know how to say thank you in French, but... Um, we'll learn. We'll learn. I'll start we'll taking learn. French on Duolingo. Ratatouille. There we go. That that was French. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, there's not really much to say. I just threw this on there. Just the way they just performed these past two races isn't really what we've seen from them, especially with established race-winning drivers like Alcon and Gasly, where you're expecting them to be at least competing to try to get points, not always getting a DNF. And this one was a little bit, a little bit of a Joe Guan use a little bit but still just even the silverstone one was they just need to figure out how to get something done there yeah and they, they definitely can they're a good race team um they've had success they had a decent amount of success last year they just have to continue it into this coming up uh summer break or figure out how to right the wrongs before summer break and then pick up the momentum uh, after summer, I don't, what race is it after summer break? Let's check the schedule real quick. Now, after the summer break, we're going to the Dutch Grand Prix, August twenty fifth through twenty seventh, where we will be back in the Bradley Basin Studio in the Melton Student Center once again for that one. So, looking forward to that one. I'll be able to look you after. in your eye. You're looking me in my eye right now. Yeah, but not in real life. It's over Discord. This is real. A little bit. I can't um, touch you. <laughs> um, yeah, do you just want to go ahead and just get right into a quick episode? you want to get into our Belgium Grand Prix? That sounds good to me. Prediction? It's always Let's, good to talk about Spa. It always is good to talk about Spa. So, yes, the Formula 1 MSC Bruises Belgian Grand Prix 2023 at the iconic Spa circuit. Race time is 8 a.m., central time uh that's not the same for me as y'all but you get what i'm trying to say with that one um qualifying will be at uh oh we got a sprint weekend this one weekend noah oh god qualifying is on friday at 10 a.m central time the sprint shootout is on saturday july 29th at 5 a.m Ooh, that's a t that's a rough one for y'all i'll be six for me and then the sprint is at 9 30 on Saturday in the race again, as I said, at 8 a.m. Central Standard Time. It'll be 3 o'clock there. But the Spa Circuit. So the Circuit de Spa Francourt Champs. 
I think I pronounced that right. Don't give, don't be mean to me if I'm wrong. Is 18 turns with a circuit lat length of 7.004 kilometers, 44 laps. One of the shorter track distances for an F1 uh, race, if I do recall correctly, in terms of number of laps at least. Uh, first Grand Prix was held here in 1950, 308.052 kilometers. Lap record is held by Valtteri Bottas in 2018 with a 146.286. We got two DRS zones, one after turn... Uh, sorry, we have 19 turns here. One from turn 19 all the way down to turn one through the main straight. And then we have one near the back straight between four and five. Noah, Spa. I mean, Spa kind of speaks for itself. It's world-renowned. Um, I especially like watching endur endurance races on it. If Ben was here, he'd back me up. Uh, but it's a fantastic circuit. There's a reason it's been around since the 1950s. 1950s it used to be a little bit different. Of course, they had the haystack lining the road, and uh, it was a lot more dangerous back then. There was a couple of modifications. Uh, I believe where Turn 5 is it used to just be a continuous straight for about another mile or two before turning back in to seven or eight, if memory serves me correctly. But, I mean, it's spa. Everybody knows. It is, spa. It is indeed spa. It is indeed a racetrack on the F1 calendar. Uh, it's that one is of the most, fact. It is one of the most historically known. Of course, the big thing every everybody talks about is one through five. It's extremely fast-paced and... Going into five, you've got to have uh, nerves of steel. Uh, it's one of the great overtaking tracks uh, because of that run from four to five. Um, the rest of the circuit, uh, sector two and sector three, is an extremely technically challenge, challenging circuit. So you have the complete lineup of fast and then the sweeping uh, turns from five all the way down to 19. It is an extremely great circuit for the driver. It's an extremely great circuit for the viewing audience, and it's an extremely technically hard track for those that love to challenge themselves. Griggs, I believe this is the first one you're going to be watching because uh, the last two years has been rained out, right? Is that right? No, they did it last year. Uh, Max won last year, and then Charles got a five-second time penalty, so that's probably why you're forgetting it. Well, you know, all I really remember is um, the one guy had a, had his one fastest lap two years ago on this track. Um, the Russian got a fastest lap. The, the streets, remember, is, is a fastest Nikita lap. Mazepin. Nikita Mazepin. But it didn't count because he was like 19th. He was, but he, he still got it. It's in the record book somewhere. That's where George Russell got a podium, so. Wait, was this the race last year that got rained out? Wait, no, no, this wasn't, no, because George Russell finished second in that race. Yeah, no, the, uh, the uh, rained out race that I'm talking about was two years ago. Ah, got it. Okay, yeah, sorry. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's a great track. I mean, what I remember seeing last year, just um, just, 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 just when you think Formula One Classic, just just circuit, you kind of think of Spa. You think of Monza. You think of, um, you think of Imola. You think of Silverstone. Those are the ones that my brain just directly goes to when I'm thinking of a circuit just made for this type of stuff not just a street circuit so this is one of the classics of formula one 1950 that's a long long time ago up coming up on 75 years in two years 73 years old of this track but i'm looking at a lot of straight lines so that means we're favoring a lot of red bulls right here 
especially if they can nail that from uh, from 15 over to 18. Not really a lot of turning going on there, so you're most likely going to be flat out. Um, well, you look at any racing circuit in the world right now, you start to favor Red Bull. So that's <laughs> not the nickname. I mean, you, but I mean, it depends. I mean, you could see in the sprints circuit. I mean, it's a different weekend. You get two different separate qualifying sessions. You basically get two different races. That is correct. Are they are they so, carrying over the uh, same qualifying tire? It's selection. Uh, I do not know. I don't believe so. I believe that was just a test for that. Hold on. Because I think it worked but, pretty yeah. well. We had a different guy in pole, so. It was interesting. What is your thoughts on that? Because when I was watching it, I'm like, okay. But then just the way teams had to, like, save these certain tires, they were forced to use more of their tires for the week. Because mostly in these um, sprint races, you're bringing extra soft tires because you're wanting to get the fast you can be. Well, here's the thing. Um, anytime there is something new that is implemented, nobody's really going to know how to react. And we kind of saw that this past qualifying session. And if F1 chooses to continue to go with it, the teams are going to get used to it, and they're going to create a strategy that benefits them a whole lot more than what we saw uh, just in this trial run. If you show me if you show me it a couple more times, I'll probably gain a more uh, reasonable opinion on it. But right now, I think it's all right. If F1 wants to continue with it, I'm happy with it. I think a lot of other people will be happy with it too. Um, yeah, it just it works in my opinion. If they didn't want to go with it, I'd understand that too. Um, I hadn't really seen any of the team's reaction from it. So I'm wondering. What Lewis said he didn't really like it, but that was after he won. So I don't take that as you will. Well, Lewis also um, hates tires. So there's that. That is true. Um, let's check the weather real quick in Belgium for this one. Hold on. I, uh, contrary to popular belief, I do not have Belgium saved on my Apple. Um, um whatever it's called apple weather all righty we're looking at next we're looking for some rain on friday saturday looks to be cloudy and then sunday partly cloudy around the mid 60s so there's that well that's all it's also one of those places belgium you never can really tell you know it's mm -hmm. it's one of those weird countries kind of like england where it can always just pop out just like that and we could have rain on our hands we could we could have weather Alrighty, so it is time for our smooth operators prediction let's go ahead and do this let's start with pole position though as we always do and then we're going to see let's go who do you think is going to get pole position for the sprint who's going to win the sprint so let's do all three of those right off the bat Okay, uh, so this is regular, you said re regular poll first, right? Yes. Okay, so um, I think it's going to be Max Verstappen. I mean, we hope it's not, but, you know. You hope it's not. <laughs> we, we hope it's not. We, we hope we get some excitement in there and we bring some ratings in. I am very interested to see uh, what the ratings look like for this race because Max Verstappen didn't start on it. And I'm sure there are some other factors, but I am very interested to see that. Yeah. 
I'm going to go Max. Just again, he had one race off from being on pole, but just the way this track is uh, set up is just him to repeat on this pole position where, dude, he's just so freaking fast on some of these things. It's just. I think I think the key thing though with Max though is how quickly he hits those turns from seven to nine. How quickly can he get from seven to nine where you have that big like kind of just hundred eighty degree turn on the track? I think that'll be key for him if he's gonna get that one just to be able to just maintain speed like he always has, but still I think that's something to look out for there. Um Ben did not give me a pull, so we're just gonna move on. I, th um, I think it's Max. I think he would yeah, choose I'm gonna Max. Go I think it's going Max. <laughs> And then do you think Max is going to get pulled for sprint and win the sprint? Um, I mean, probably. There's no <laughs> reason not to bet against the guy. I think everybody in the known foreseeable universe and probably other universes where we haven't made contact yet probably thinks Max Verstappen's going to win the poll along with all the other qualifyings. They could have a one-lap shootout, and Max Verstappen would probably win. Let's just. He could start but from would the you, back. Nah, maybe not. At Daytona, when, he could. At the Brickyard, he could. Yeah, at the Brickyard. <laughs> um. Yeah, I'm gonna go Max on both. Maybe get a little bit of dash of Lando on one or the other, but I think it's just gonna be Max. All right, it is time for our non-podium prediction, our normal prediction, our laid-back prediction, one that's not going to blow your socks off. Noah, we'll start with you. Laid-back prediction. I'm going to go – kind of going to carry what I had over from last time. There will be uh, two yellow flags during this race. Mm. That, that'll be my laid-back prediction. I'm going to go Alonzo P6 or above. That could definitely happen. Yeah, they've been off the pace a little bit these past couple weeks, but I think they'll bounce back. Well, Lance Stroll and... had a good race. That's all that matters. Yeah, he had one Number one driver. Number one driver, yes. People forget that. Um, and then Benz was Checo P4. Pretty laid back after today, I'd say. That is pretty laid back. He's, he's right, on the so... beach right now, so... He's on the beach. He's he doesn't want to face the music about his predictions, which were terrible. I I don't listen back to the show right before we do our show, so I don't really remember what it was. But I'm gonna guess he had Max winning. But yeah. Um. All right. It's time for our crazy prediction, our wild one. Noah, what do you got? Crazy prediction. Oh God. See, I don't think about these beforehand. Um. I don't. Need, I don't think about my crazy one before, and I think about my podium a little bit. But my crazy prediction is that we get a Ferrari on the podium. That is my crazy prediction. It hasn't happened in a while, but this weekend in Belgium, where things happen over there, but I, I don't have the fun facts pulled up because my phone just died. A second waffles. Waffle, waffles. Yeah, Belgian waffles. And that's what's going to help Ferrari. Get on podium this race. I'm thinking about Alpine right now. I think everybody is. I'm kidding. Um, crazy pred 
prediction. Hmm. What? I don't know. I don't think about these until then. Um. I'm gonna go. Daniel Ricardo P eight or above. I'll match you on that. I'll agree with you on your crazy prediction. I might I might make that mine. Exactly. Put her there. Put her there, old friend. Put her there. Um, yeah. And Ben's was Alpine double points. Now, he said that, so it's not gonna be cursed because of me. So remember, that's Ben saying that. Exactly. So if Ben's wrong It's on Ben. It's not it's me. It's on Ben. Not me. It's on Ben, folks. It's all not Ben's me. fault. Not us. All right. Time for our podium predictions. Ben's got Max P1, Norris P2, and Lewis P3. Noah, what you got? All right. P3 is going to be Lando Norris. He'll get another podium. He'll spike another champagne bottle. Probably won't make. Probably won't break the trophy this time. Yeah, if I'm Max, I move that trophy to the ground behind the podium because the P1 podium is like level with his height where he can get it down enough and just spike it. Exactly. I don't care why he doesn't do it like on the like the railing so it like shoots over the people. It'd be a cool visual. Somebody needs to tell him to do that. Um, mm. P3, Lando Norris. P2, Charles Leclerc. And I'm going to do it for the first time ever. I'm going to be boring because Belgium starts with B, and I don't have fun facts pulled up, so I couldn't figure out a way to, better way to do this. Waffles, we already talked about this. Yeah, but Waffles, the man who is going to be taking the Belgian Waffle W, because Waffle and, w, and Win start with the same letter, is Max Verstappen. I am breaking new ground as a journalist, folks. This is why we love your journalistic integrity. Exactly. SEC Media Day. <laughs> participant no it, if you have not read my article please visit uh the weagle uh fm.com website where you can read that and if uh, noah tweets it i'll retweet it exactly thank if he you tweets out his article i'll retweet it again thank you great so there's that we might even retweet it from the smop account who knows which if you're not following the smop account already what are you doing yes please 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 follow that smop account if you ever so inclined on twitter if you feel so inclined like you have 100 listeners in france come on guys yeah, feel yeah, so inclined. Yeah, join us on Twitter, which might not. Yeah. Which... All right, folks. While uh, we had a slight hiccup while recording live on the WEGL ninety one point one FM YouTube page, as you might have guessed, our shilling and asking you to please follow us on uh, the Twitterverse and listen to what else we have to say about the whole Auburn landscape on WEGL ninety one point one FM's uh, website ended badly as my computer. Exploded. I uh, did not explode. It died. I don't really understand what happened. But like we were saying, if you feel so inclined, follow us on the Twitter and look over all of the great stuff that Weagle 91.1 FM does here on YouTube and on the website and in the radio uh, land. But Griggs, before we get any farther into me asking for forgiveness from the people because my computer decided to randomly die, what, is, what was your predictions for 1, 2, and 3 over in Spa? All right, so my predictions. I'm going. I'm going to make this quick. Lando Norris, P3, Oscar Piastri, P2, Max Verstappen, P1. 
Piastri will get his first F1 podium, and that's the truth because Greg Splainberg said it. I'm kidding. That's my just prediction. Don't get mad at me, everyone, but that's what I think is going to happen. But with that, that's all the time we have for today. If you missed any today's show, you can check it out on your favorite podcast platform after tomorrow whenever we upload this. So it'll be right now when you're listening to it. But if you do feel so inclined, check out that podcast if you want us to. Check out the Twitter as well, SMOP Podcast, if you do feel so inclined. And one more thing. What was I going to say? Oh, yeah. For Noah Phillips, I'm Grace Blankworth. Ben McCurran will be back with us next week. Have a great week, everyone, and War Eagle.